to the other part of your question, I mean, I think we can take a few extra moments if you want to brag about me, but um, we, we may. I'm out of stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, all, all, I, uh, all, I, here, I, right here, I, we can see all the stuff I wrote down to brag about. Nothing. That was the best, uh. the best three <laughs> seconds of my career right there. Huh? Brought to you by Defense Forensic, where we find the truth in data. So, Rob, you've been asking me some questions. I think, you know, people probably want to know a little bit more about you, too. So I know, I think previously, maybe we've talked or, or said something about that you've been in law enforcement for maybe longer than I've been an adult for sure. But um, I mean, why don't you give us a little back? I mean, when did you start in law enforcement? Why, why law enforcement, I guess? Uh, initially a total fluke, actually. Um, I didn't, I wasn't raised uh, in a family with, you know, law enforcement or, or anything like that. So, so I initially went to college in 1993 for police science and lacrosse. After that, I went to Winona State to work on my bachelor's degree. And in the meantime, I ended up getting hired in law enforcement. So my, I officially started um, traditional law enforcement in 1996. Okay. And, over, and you're still in law enforcement today at some level? S- still technically sworn in law enforcement, yeah. Um, and so that's 27 years? My, my, I've never been good at math. Yeah, coming it's important up important to 20, get an expert. Come on, <laughs> coming up on 20, yeah, 27. But, um, yeah, so when we first met, um, I think I was still the, the chief of police in the village of Warrens, and I was working for the Toma Police Department. I spent uh, about 22 years in Toma as a detective. Um, so when, when we met in 2011-ish, um, that's where, that's what I would have been doing. And I think because detectives have different roles in different places. Sometimes they specialize in certain things. Sometimes they don't. I mean, can you tell us what kind of stuff you were doing? Well, both maybe when we first met, but just during your time at Toma generally. Sure. Um, primary, I had a, when I went to Toma, I had kind of a, an interest in a, in a niche in working narcotics cases. So I brought that with me there. Um, I also had significant training by that time in death cases. So I spent a, a, an astronomical amount of my time doing death investigations and narcotics investigations or, or some combination of those. Sometimes it was a narcotics case that involved deaths um, or homicides or whatever type of death. So I brought that with me. Um, now, early on, I had, you know, I also took on other cases and things as well because initially there was only one detective. When I started initially in Toma, there was a, a different detective, but he didn't work any of the stuff like that I had. So it worked out actually well. It was almost like having two detectives. When he retired, then I was the detective for a period of time until they had then hired a second one to kind of help balance things out a little bit. Sure. And so, I mean, fair to say, and, and I don't want to brag about you too much, but that in that... 22 years you were in Toma, if somebody was selling dope in Toma and the surrounding areas, you pretty much knew them or aware of them, right? I mean, that, that's how, I guess you could say, involved you were in the job, right? I mean, it wasn't just a job. It was a, a commitment, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, I, I, may, I may have been a little different animal in that regard. I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was, obviously it's a job, but it was also a profession. It was 
extremely interesting to me. Like I said, I, I didn't grow up knowing police work or wanting to be a cop or anything. It came up. I took an interest in it, and, and I ran with it. It was basically a hobby. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes to a fault. I spent so much time. Sometimes invested. an obsession, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think that's safe to say. And, you know, as to to the other part of your question, I mean, I think we can take a few extra moments if you want to brag about me, but... <laughs> Um, we, we I'm out of stuff. Okay. Sorry. Right here, uh, we can see all the stuff I wrote down to brag about. Nothing. That was the uh, best, the best <laughs> three seconds of my career right there. Huh? Uh, well, no, I, I mean, and I, I, I will say this. I mean, you and I have, and, and we can, I guess, get into this a little bit more, and, and um, the, the stuff we've worked together on um, have worked. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many cases we worked together, but it's, I mean, there was times when, when you were still with Toma, um, that we spoke on the phone pretty much every single day. I think, I mean, it was, that's how much stuff was going on and how much, how many cases we were working together. Yeah. The, the Toma area, I mean, it's not Chicago or, or something like that, but the Toma area is a busy area with, you know, interstate 90, 94 passing through where they, they meet there and, and, um, you know, we had the, the large VA medical center, we had an Amtrak depot, we had a Greyhound depot and, you know, for a town, of eight, nine, 10,000 people situated right in that, you know, that interstate pocket, um, we had a lot of things going on and, and yet, uh, you know, knowing what was going on and, and, and keeping track of, of you know, especially the in the drug world, the the criminal element and and how things interacted and impacted the area was was essential in my mind. And I spent a, just I mean, basically every waking moment I was involved or somebody was I was dealing with this person or that person or you know looking at phone data or whatever, trying to keep on top of this stuff. And one thing that I think is important and I think was always really important in the work you did is relationship building. And that is, I think sometimes people in whatever they're in, you know, the defense bar sometimes only builds relationships in that world. Uh, prosecutors only have relationships with law enforcement, but you built relationships in all of those. So you had relationships with people who you'd investigated before, people who were known dopers. And I don't mean a relationship in like you hung out with them, but you could you could call up whoever or see them on the street and talk to them. And that way, when you really needed some information, you could could get it. And so I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit or the importance of that. I, I think relationship building in any industry, but especially the kind of work we've done, is is really important. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's on multiple fronts, and I mean, it applies to what you know we're doing here today with with digital evidence and forensics and stuff like that as well. But yeah, I had to uh, in order, you know, I had to maintain relationships with the criminal element because they knew what was going on, and and I always believed in in treating those people like they were human beings because they are, they are. And if, you know, a lot of them had issues or they, you know, they were committing crimes. They didn't live a lifestyle that, that I wanted to live, but it's part of society. And it was part of my responsibility to, to, I guess I kind of looked at it as I managed the jurisdiction that I worked and, and that involved, knowing what was going on and that involved you know even if even if it didn't pertain to something that i was necessarily doing we were having a bunch of burglaries in the you know the the northern half of monroe county i could reach out to people that i 
had interacted with in the drug world and whatever and find out what was going on. So I, I knew what was going on and I typically knew who was doing it. I mean, there were times with the interstates, people would come from right God knows places, where yeah, we get those yeah. and, uh, you know, do some things in Toma. Um, but for the most part, you're dealing with the same or similar people or known people or local people. And, and, um, that, that was invaluable. And then the flip side, the professional relationships, you know, getting back to the old, the expert conversations we've had and things, you know, I, I couldn't be an expert in everything, but if I needed somebody, you know, for DNA work or, or, or certain crime scene things or whatever, I knew who to call. Um, I could call up a lot of our local defense attorneys if they were representing somebody that I needed some information from. And I had that ability to explain t- to them through their attorney or, or even if they didn't have an attorney, they might be in a situation where they needed one. So, you know, I could, you know, they could get an attorney. I could meet with them. I had that relationship. Sometimes, you know, it was, they didn't want to talk to me or whatever. They couldn't because it might incriminate them or whatever the situation was, but I had the ability to make the phone call to inquire or vice versa. They could call me and, and I'd be willing to talk to their client, even though we arrested them last week or whatever. Yeah, and I think a couple of things that come to mind for me in that is, is one, it's, I think it's like that with every topic, right? Like you have to, whatever you're doing in life, you have to know who experts are and stuff you aren't, whether that's digital forensics, the drug world, right? I mean, some of these people you were building relationships were, were experts in Monroe County drug dealing, right? Um, like well, they knew a lot about it. They, they uh, certainly, yeah, they certainly could have had a productive career in, in certain professions had they had they chosen yeah. a different route and you were humble enough to reach out and say hey you know more about this than me can you answer some questions for me will you uh-huh. help me out if i ask nice um and the other thing that comes to mind and i think maybe another thing we could just talk about quick is you know you and i having discussions like this or similar type discussions about the need for drug enforcement and really investigations to be more than just restricted to one you know town village city uh, and then the starting of a, a task force in Monroe County that you were an integral part of, and you know that being part of your career, and any thoughts you have about that? Or well, we uh, so so you and some the police chiefs and the sheriff at that time had gotten had somebody had an idea of having a, a joint investigative task force, which was basically three detectives, one from the two large cities and one from the sheriff's departments within the county working out of a central office and focusing on what, what, what we determined to be major crimes, which mostly was the death cases and the, and the narcotics cases. But now we had, for the most part, the most experienced detectives working together in one location and being able to focus our efforts on, on what was major at that time. So, Yeah, yeah and then for me to be able to go just quickly download information on, on that kind of stuff was pretty important um, to be able to, to do that. So it was, a, a, I think, a really great venture for the time it lasted, and all things must co- good things must come to an end, and I, we've moved on to other things now, I think, but that was pretty, sure. well, pretty yeah. beneficial, I think, for the people of Monroe County and for law enforcement in Monroe County. Right. So let's, let's change gears here a little bit. Let's talk about... Um, the early days, back when we first met, um, kind of how we met, establish a little bit of, of history here. So prior to you becoming the district attorney, um, the district attorney in Monroe County was Dan Carey. Um, 
both of us, I mean, I, he, he wasn't the DA when I started law enforcement, so I might be aging myself a little bit here in relation to. Well, yeah, to he was DA for 10 years at least, and I've been DA for almost 10 years, so it gives you a little bit of an idea how long ago that was. Yeah, so there was a few <laughs> prior to him when I first started, but. I think I was in middle school when you started. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> well, let's look how much you learned from me. <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> What to do and what not to do. So learning comes in many different fashions. Okay, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've learned it, it in all seriousness. Rob has taught me a lot about digital forensics, how to put a case together, um, uh, just a lot of important things. I think that you can't learn in law school. You have to learn from somebody who's done it. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to have worked in Monroe County with people like Rob, Dan Carey, and there's a lot of other people who've been really, really good to me over the years and. I'm a person, and I think most people are, but I learn by doing, not by having someone talk at me about it. Well, so. and report writing has always been a huge thing for me. I think that's one of the things that I've always been known for is my investigative reports and things like that. But an organization, yeah, putting putting things together so you can understand them. I mean, that's that's absolutely critical. So, what was it? Two thousand. You started two thousand eleven as an assistant DA. Yeah, I was in, so just as a little background, I mean, I have a little bit of experience on the other side as well. I interned with the Public Defender's Office in Milwaukee when I was in law school. Uh, my first job out of law school was uh, a prosecutor in Juneau County, which is just south of Monroe County. And then I did a little work in Adams County and then came to Monroe County to work with Dan Carey. So Juneau and Adams County, uh, just, for, just for people who don't know the area, I mean, those are two counties somewhat south of where you're located in Monroe County and, and they're very small counties. I think Juneau County, maybe 20, 25,000 people. Um, Adams County, maybe that big. I'm not yeah. Sure. I mean, I think the biggest city in Juneau County is about 5,000 people. Uh, Adams County, I think it's like maybe a thousand. The, I call them the real twin cities, Adams and friendship. I don't know how people <laughs> of Adams County feel about that. Um, but I think between the two, there's maybe 2,000 people, and they get a lot of stuff. Both of those counties on their southern half go, or their southern portion go about to Wisconsin Dells. So sure. if people are familiar with that, that's the southern portion of those counties. Sure. And the interstate, interstate 90, 94 passes generally through there, not so much through Adams County, but, but close. Yeah, and each county has its different. I mean, Adams County has some challenges and some unique things about it, and certainly so does Juneau County. So. Sure. So 2011, you make the transition to come to Monroe County as an assistant under then DA Dan Carey. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I mean, he's since passed. He, I forget what year he passed away, 2014? 2013. 2013. November of 2013. So we had a couple of years together working with him or, or – for him or whatever, but um, probably one of the best people that you could ever meet. A career military guy went into prosecution, became an attorney. Um, absolutely phenomenal guy to, to work for and to know. Well, and I think especially for a young attorney, you know, he was an extremely accomplished trial attorney, tried all sorts of serious cases, mm -hmm. took cases on for other counties, and I could go in there with the dumbest question you've ever heard, and he'd drop his homicide file, put it aside and talk to me about, you know, this stupid disorderly conduct case so, that I couldn't figure out. So you were, you actually, the timing was, was somewhat critical for you. I mean, you had, you had, as a young prosecutor, had the, um, the, the good experience of, of 
learning from Dan Carey, and you also had the experience of learning from some awesome law enforcement people, like, yeah. like myself. <laughs> I mean, I don't want anyone's head to get too big for their <laughs> earphones. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, and I do think, I mean, I think Monroe County, compared to a lot of places, frankly, anywhere in the country, but especially in Wisconsin, has extremely talented people in their DA's office. I, the staff in my office is phenomenal. I, I don't say this just to brag about myself because it's not about me. We have the best district attorney's office in the state of Wisconsin in Monroe County, and it's not because of me. It's because of the people who work in that office. I have people in that office who could try a case better than any attorney I know, but they aren't attorneys, so they're not trying them. They, they know so much about the law. They've been there for so long. Sure. Um, and when we do have, I, I tell people, I don't know what people's opinion of law enforcement is across the country. In Monroe County, we have cops who are truthful, honest, and heroic who do the job the way a, a, a cop is supposed to do it. So we are very, very fortunate. And I work with, I get frustrated with cops occasionally, but for the most part, it's all really high quality stuff and people who've been able to sort of steer me in the right direction. And anything in life, you got to make it your own, right? Like you can't go, I can't go try to be Dan Carey because I'm sure. not. But I, people who've allowed me and helped me grow to be Kevin Croninger. Right. So, so were you then appointed upon when Dan died? In so Dan died unexpectedly. He was... Actually, the morning he passed away, he was supposed to appear via phone for a homicide case he was handling for Juneau County. Um, and so there's an appointment process. Uh, Governor Scott Walker appointed me in January 2014. That's a competitive process. Other people put in, and uh, I was appointed. And then you run for election every four yeah. years, and it's on the presidential cycle, so 2016, 2020. So, I mean, we, just to kind of get to my point, we so we worked together basic in 2011 on a limited basis because Dan was handled, handling most of the cases that I was involved with at that time. Um, but certainly since his passing in 2013, I mean, we've pretty much exclusively worked most major crimes in Monroe County. And, I mean, we also do some things outside. I mean, we kind of share a joint interest in distance running and, and biking. Things yeah, and like I think that. just general. I mean, I think probably, if I recall correctly, and we're texting my memory a little bit here, but I think you and I did some social stuff before I was ever even DA. I mean, it wasn't, uh, I think we used to go and get together with people groups yeah. for bike rides or Bikes, whatever else yeah. and uh, that kind of stuff or just get together and have lunch because sure. it's, you know, I think we have a common interest in, you know, doing the right thing and understanding how to do the right thing, right? And so I, we, I think, I'd like to think, share information with each other in a way that's maybe a little bit more casual. It's not like, hey, Rob, I want to tell you A, B, C, D, E, F. Um, but it's, I share information with you about things I've learned, you share about what I've learned, and we both hopefully become a little bit smarter in that. So, Yeah, so I'm, I might be a little more smart. Just <laughs> I might pass a little more intelligent information your way. but Maybe, so, all right. if, if I'm listening. All right. So. Thanks for joining our podcast this week, brought to you by Defense Forensic, where we find the truth in data. Also, check out our website at defenseforensic.com for more information on the services available for individuals and organizations that require expert analysis of digital evidence. And once again, thanks for watching and join us next week for a new episode. And remember, the truth is out there.